right into God's word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're looking at verse 1 through verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Make sure you put some in it. Got a little string in your Bible. Now you know what that string for. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And verse 1 through verse number 12. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right, let's just read that together. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with ecstasy of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save that Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but of demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have it into the heart of men the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us, of God. You may be seated. Father, we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. As we come in the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you for giving us your Son. Thank you for his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We praise you now for your wisdom, your knowledge, and understanding. Thank you for the kingdom of God, which is God's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for leading and guiding us now, and now let help us understand the new covenant. In Jesus' precious blood and name, we pray all the grief that prayer said, amen. amen. All right, uh, I am uh, ministering on a series in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Our series, it's not our message for the day, our series, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse number 10, we want to read that again because we are teaching you the difference in the Word of God. You have to know everything in the Bible is not to you. But you got to know what's to you and what's not to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10 said, But God, this is, this is your message, but God hath past tense, not going to, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Then in verse number 12, 
he told us why he gave us the Holy Spirit. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the thing that are freely given to us of God. God made sure he put there that everything you have is free. Everything. The Holy Ghost is to show you what God has given to you freely. Go to Romans 8.32. So if it wasn't free, it's not yours. If God gave it to you, it had to be free. I want you to know how do you know the difference between your message and the other messages in the Bible. If it's free, it's mine. If I got to work for it, it's not mine. If I got to do something to get it, it's not mine. So if you can keep that mentality through this message, I think you'll be okay. All right, so we're going to be talking about today the word of God. I'm sorry, the manifested word of God. You want to say that with me? The manifested word of God. The manifested word of God. Say that with me. The manifested manifested. word of God. God. Amen. Say that with me. The manifested manifested word of God. God. Right. So if, if if the word that you are getting is not the message I'm preaching today, because I told you our series is called The Word of God Revealed. Call what? The Word of God, Word of God Revealed. Now, if, if, you, if your message is the Word of God Revealed, I'm going to show you, I'm going to teach you today the manifested Word. It's going to sound just like your message. And it's not your message. Just like last week, I taught you on... The message of faith. And that's not your message. But if you're not under the word like you're supposed to be, you don't know what message is yours. Now this is a problem that people have in churches. They'll just go on to church. And they're going to die and go to heaven or hell depending on the message that was preached. But if you ask most believers, what is their message? What is the difference in your message and the message that the people have across town or across the street? See, when a person tells you, you got to be water baptized, not just water baptized to be saved, you got to be water baptized to repent, because that's really what they're saying to you. You at the wrong church if you want to be saved. But most people don't know that because if the man never mentioned it, you'll never know. See, there are some people I don't hang with no more. Can we talk? Now, look at Psalm 133. There are some people I don't hang with no more. And the reason I don't hang with them anymore is because we don't agree. And I'm not, I have the Holy Spirit right here. I did a lot of teaching on grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. 
And what I do, if I know you believe something else to be saved, and I believe something else to be saved, then we're not going to get along. See, some of you are so cute until you're afraid to offend somebody. But either you offend them or you offend the God that's in you. Now, I know a lot of you can't say that. What you're saying is, what's wrong with it, Pastor? That's the whole problem. Look at Psalm, let me show you a verse. Psalm 133. Psalm 133. And we're just going to read the whole psalm. Psalm 133. I know you know that is. Blessed is the man. Psalm 133. I'm just going to take a moment. Not verse 1, just Psalms 133. It's a psalm called Psalm 133. I'm just going to wait a while. Psalm 133. It said, Behold. Now David had to learn this. I hope we do. Because see, the key is, when you're afraid of people, you're not going to serve God. Because you're, you're, you're scared to serve God. You've got to be bold to serve God. Because God will get you hurt. You're going to follow God. God will have you so you don't have many friends to talk to. If you're going to follow God, you're going to find yourself by yourself. And a lot of folks don't want that, so they've got to keep, keep the few people in their lives because they don't want to offend nobody because friends are hard to find. But the Bible says in Psalm 133, David learned that he said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. If you're my brethren, we got to dwell together in unity. We got to be able to dwell together in unity. And verse number two says, It is like the precious ointment. So when we dwell together in unity, the Holy Spirit is with us. It's like the precious blood that ran, it's like the ointment, the Holy Ghost upon the beard that ran down upon Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. Otherwise, the Holy Ghost flows when brothers dwell together in unity. It's as a dew of Hermon. It's as a dew that descended upon the Mount of Zion. There, when brothers dwell together in unity, there, the Lord commanded the blessing. The Lord's not going to command the blessing if you're not walking in unity. You're not going to walk together. If you don't walk together in unity, he's not going to command the blessings. And the blessings is even life forevermore. And a lot of us don't want to offend nobody. See, when somebody believes different than you, they don't mind my telling you what they believe. They don't care about you. They don't care. They're, they're just about telling you you ain't saved. But you don't want to say that because you want the friendship. So my, my responsibility is to tell you why, why I don't have a lot of people in ministry as friends. Why we don't fellowship with a lot of people. Because first of all, I'm not going to allow somebody to come in here and preach something different than I preach. 
expressed it different than what I believe. There have been some people in my life that we was like this, I thought, until I found out that they don't believe in my Jesus. They don't believe in my Jesus like I believe. You may look at it and say, Pastor, what's wrong? Well, I believe in the blood. I believe in the crucifixion of my Lord for my salvation. So I know you can't say nothing. You can't say nothing. My, you can't say nothing, see. But when I'm, what, 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 what offends me is when I find out that you don't take the blood of Christ seriously. There's not another way to be saved. As a matter of fact, there was no Gentile saved before the cross. Only the Jews could be saved before the cross. And I'm going to show you their message. Write it down. That's Matthew chapter 16. If you work with me behind the screen, you've got to have a pencil and paper and probably an iPad and everything else for computing and everything else. Amen. So, in, so we're going to write this verse there, Matthew 16, 13 through 17. Not going there yet because I'm getting ready to give you my word for the day. Today I'm going to be talking about the, the manifested, the manifested word of God. Now, let's go to that first. That's 1 Timothy 3.16. Because you might not know that the manifested word of God is not your message. But, but I'm going to get to teaching you your message, which is the word of God revealed. If the message has not been revealed, it's not your message. First, I told you, the first thing I taught you last week was the message of faith. And we've taught that message here. But it's not your message of salvation. So my job is to teach believers. My ministry is to teach believers. Because I believe that's who we got to teach as believers because I believe that that's who don't know is people who go to church every Sunday. We're going to talk about the manifested word of God. Now, let's go to 1 Timothy 3.16. It's on the screen. Without controversy, Paul says. So he's letting you know. Now you got to understand Paul, because Paul and Peter was really putting a dividing line between their message, and they're going to be very harsh to the people they pastor, because Peter don't want Paul people over here, and Paul don't want his people over there with Paul, with, with Peter, because they both teach different messages. So they're going to be very hard on the people they pastor. Not because they don't love them. You'll hear Paul always talking about that. It's not because he don't love them. But God gave us a different message than he gave the church of God. Now most people in the Bible don't understand that in the Bible there's a church before the gospel of Christ, which was called the church of God. Now this, this church followed Moses all the way through the wilderness. It's called the church 
in the wilderness. That's in Acts, somebody can find this, Acts chapter 7. It's called the church in the wilderness. Well, these people were later on called the little flock that followed Jesus. And then they was called the church of God. Well, they were dominantly, dominantly Jews believers. But then there was another church that Paul came out of called Antioch. And write that down. We'll go to there. That's in Acts chapter 13, verse 1, 2, 3. So just write all that stuff down. We'll get there. Please put it in the order I gave it to you in. Amen. So in 1 Timothy 3, 16, watch what Paul is going to say to Timothy. Remember, Paul is going to give direction to Timothy because he's going to have to be one of the pastors who got to figure all this out. So he's going to tell him, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. Here it is. Number one, God was manifest in the flesh. That's your message I'm teaching you today, but it's not to be saved. So you got to understand, in, in, in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, he's bringing you right down to where he is. First of all, this is how it started out. God was manifest in the flesh. Your message is not a flesh message. Your message is about God revealed. Your message is not, listen to me now. I know you like to, like to say amen. I'm not here to embarrass nobody, but I, I'm, I'm ready for you to really hear what I'm saying. I know you love me. I know you want to say amen. I want you to say amen. But don't say amen if you don't understand what I'm saying, okay? God was manifest in the flesh. Now, this was John 1.14, right? Now you all say you know, right? All right, right. I want you to say amen when you, when you agree with the word, not just, not just religiously. It's okay to say amen when you agree with the word. That means I know what he just said. Now, if I turn around and ask the scripture, if you don't know, then you just lie. You just say amen. You don't know. That's, that's all it means. Just, just be real with me. When you don't know something, just don't say nothing. But God was manifest in the flesh. The Bible says he was, God was justified in the spirit. To be justified means you had to be declared righteous again. See, once he took sin in his own body, he had to now be justified just like you. And next, he was seen of angels. God was. And then God was preached to the Gentiles. Never say he was preached to the Jews. Now, he preached to the Jews, but he was not preached to the Jews. Because only somebody preached to the Gentiles was Paul. So what did Paul preach to the Gentiles? He preached Christ and him crucified. Paul's message was God after the cross, not God before the cross. God before the call, God was in flesh. He was preached to the Gentile. Then he was believed on in the world, and then he was received up into glory. All right, so that's, from there we're going to give you the manifested word of God. Because he told you it, the word was manifested. So we want to begin to look at that. 1 Timothy 3.16, he was manifested in the flesh. Go back there again one more time. Do you see what, when the word means manifested, what does it mean? It means without controversy, the grace of the mystery of God, God was what? 
When I use the word manifest, what does that mean? All right, so you want to write that down, the, the word manifest. So if a word has been manifest, it's been made known, visible to the eyes. I like this, the word visible to the five senses. Now what does it mean when the word was visible to the five senses? That means I saw it, I could touch it, I could feel it. You know what I mean? I can handle it. That's visible to the five senses. You know the five senses, touch, smell, taste, hear, see, right? All right. So that's the manifesto word. But when I get to teaching you the revealed word, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. See, this is why people have a problem with Pastor Crump, because when I start teaching you the, the, the revealed word, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. You cannot understand me without it. Because we are, we, when I teach the revealed word, we have left the bank. And we are now going into deep water where you're going to need the Holy Spirit from now on. And that's what happened with people. They can't understand it no more. I don't know what you be talking about. Because you have to have the Holy Spirit to understand. But the thing that the Spirit teaches are freely given to you. So you got to leave works. Now, I'm saying that because when I show you the word, then I don't want you to act like you don't know what I'm saying. All right, so let's move on. But the message, once again, is called the manifested word of God. I gave you 1 Timothy 3, 16. All right, now, and I gave you John 1, 14. Remember that? Now, if you got any scriptures out there that I need to go to, this is the time for you to start to put them on the screen. The next thing that we, I know that I said this already. See, that's how you have to go. Because I've already said some things, right? I don't need to go into something else if I haven't finished what I already got. Ain't that right? So Matthew 16, 13. So we're going to go to Matthew 16, 13. So I told you, this is Peter's vision. So you have to understand, in the Word of God, there's Peter's vision, and then there's Paul's vision. I'm not teaching you Paul's vision today. That's what we teach here. But I'm showing you, when you go to a church and you hear something, you've got to be able to know, that's the wrong message. i got to get them get out of here. Because if you don't, you're going to sit right up in there and get rocked to sleep and end up with spirits. And then you've got to come back over here, and then now all of a sudden I can't, you, I, you can't get along with me. I don't think people understand that I can tell when you're going somewhere else. Spirits are discernible. Let's move on. Now, and I don't, I'm not trying to talk about you if you've been to visit some other church. All I'm telling you is you, how to know where you're at. Because you get rocked to sleep. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, here's, here's the Old Testament message by Peter, James, and John. This is why Paul did not want his church over there, because this is what they believe. Who do men say I, the son of man, am? What are people talking about today? What most churches are talking about today. If you're still believing that Jesus Christ is coming again, watch this, in the flesh, you're still believing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because Jesus said he's coming in the flesh as the Son of Man. I just want that to sink in. 
Jesus said he's coming in the flesh. So if he's coming in the flesh, that means he is still the son of man. If he hadn't come yet. Let's go back. And, let's go back. That's a good place to go back. Let's go back. Let's go to Matthew 24. That's somebody who's smart can go to Matthew 24. While I read verse 1, 2, 3, you're going to go down in some places and then he's going to talk about when the Son of Man shall come in his glory. Just go find me a few verses. It never told you that Jesus was coming as the Son of God. He said, I'm coming as the Son of Man. So if you're still waiting for Jesus to come, you're waiting for Jesus to come back in the flesh. And that's where most people are right now in that, in that doctrine. Jesus went out, Matthew 24. Watch what he's going to say. He went out and he departed from the temple. His disciples came to him for to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, see, see all these things? Verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. You looking at this temple? This temple is natural. Natural thing going to be destroyed. Old thing going to pass away. Oh, we're going to have a new temple in the new covenant, but it's not going to be made with hand. I don't know, can you follow me? I'm, going, I'm, I'm in deep water now, right? He sat up on the Mount of Olives. This temple going to be destroyed. Now, if you were standing right there, you'd have been like that. Huh? Who's going to tear our temple down this time? He that sat up on the Mount of Olives, disciples came to him privily, saying, tell us, when shall all of these things be? What shall be the sign? What shall be? Remember, there's not only one sign in, 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 in the time of Jesus' ministry. He told you there's only one sign. What shall be the sign of your coming? And then he asked them, and of the end of the world. Now, the people who was on this side of the cross asked the question. Not the people on this side of the cross. Follow me? On this side of the cross, before Jesus died, said this is the cross. Before Jesus died, they asked this question. So he could not talk to the people on that side. They weren't here yet. So he's going to answer the people question on this side of the cross. Are, are you following me? It, it, when you write a letter, who you write a letter to? You write a letter to the folk just talked to you, right? Do you write a letter in advance to your great-great-grandchildren, just in case I forgot to say something to you? They didn't write you no letter. All right, now how many got a few there in Matthew 24 that I don't have to turn to or you already done it for me? And verse, that's why I need to start verse 27. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory with all his holy angels. Now I just want you to know where you're going to start. A lot of the Bibles already tell you where to start. You see, I started 27. Let's go look at it. Matthew, he said, watch what he says. For as the lightning cometh out of the east. Now, first of all, you have to be in Israel. Because that's where he is, right? It wasn't no east of America, right? And the, the light, this, see, if you understand something, then I can tell you some other thing. This is why when people get buried, they get buried with their face, their face in the east. Now, why, why is that? Because even the man in the graveyard believed 
the Baptist doctrine or the doctrine that most churches teaches. The man in the graveyard. Because they got him bewitched. That when the Lord come, he's coming from the east. So when the man bury you, you're facing the east. Because they think when the Lord come, he's going to say, all rise. And everybody can stand up and look to the east. That's why I always ask the man at the graveyard. I said, which end is the head of, is the, head of the castle? It's the down there path. That's Because everybody think when, he, when the Lord come, everybody is just going to rise, and they're all going to be rising, looking to the east, because that's where Jesus comes on that verse right there. For as the lightning coming out of the east and shines to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. They think he's coming. For whosoever, wheresoever the carcass is, that means somebody died, there will always the eagle be gathered together. Then he's going to continue. Immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately after those days, after the tribulation, immediately after what? The tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light. He taught, he giving you the signs. I say he giving you the signs. He said, immediately after tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from heaven. Now watch this. If you don't know what the word says, then you're looking for the stars to fall from heaven. Because you don't know what the stars are. Now we're going to help you out with that one. Hold right there and go to the book of Revelation chapter 1, the last two verses. The star going to fall from heaven. Well, if you don't know what the stars are in the Bible, then what's going to fall from heaven? So you think the star going to fall from heaven because the people told you that it's going to be galaxies. They're going to be coming down. Stars going to be falling. Boom. The earth's going to be destroyed. Boom. You've been watching Star Wars. <laughs> but that's not the Bible. The revelation of Jesus Christ, I told you I'm going to read the last two verses in the book of Revelation, chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse what? 19 and 20. That's the last two verses in the book of Revelation. You always got to listen to me. Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. Write the thing which thou hast seen, John. The thing which I... The thing which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars. The stars going to fall from heaven. Well, the seven stars which thou saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Wait a minute. I thought the star was going to be the, the thing we have that led us to Bethlehem. That's not going to be the star. See, the past of the churches, of the seven churches, was called angels. And the seven stars were the seven angels of the seven churches. The candlesticks were the seven churches. It keep on going. And then it says, and the seven candlesticks, like you go to a Jewish synagogue, they have... You see it, don't you? That's the candlestick. Those were called the seven churches. 
So you got to understand, when he said the seven star, the star, now let's go back to Matthew. Jesus said the star is going to fall from heaven. Now he's talking to his 12 disciples because seven of them are going to be passing churches. And they're going to fall from heaven. For if the lightning come out of the east and shine to the west, even so the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 27, verse 28 now. For where the carcass of the earth, there will the eagle be gathered together. And immediately after the tribulation of those days, those days, 2,000 years ago, shall the sun be darkened. Wonder who the sun is. It's not a mystery, is it? Just put S-O-N. You'll know who S-U-N is. The sun shall be darkened. The moon, who is the moon? How many know what God told us about this in Genesis with Joseph's life? How many know the chapter? Genesis 37, 9 and 10. Let's go to it. Let's see who the sun and moon is. Now, I'm not going to give you no more after this. this you're going to have to just believe me after this, okay? So you've got to understand, all these words that Old Testament used were types and shadows. But so you have to be a student of the word to know what it means, because God already said them before. So when he came here and told them the sun and the moon, they supposed to be able to say, you talking like Joseph now, Jesus. Because the only somebody told us about the sun and the moon was Joseph. Joseph dreamed yet another dream. That's what he said, verse 9 and 10. Uh-huh. And he dreamed yet another dream. He told to his brothers, and his brothers said, Behold, I dream a dream more. Behold, the sun... And the moon and the stars. The 11 stars, he was the 12th star. Made a basin to me. What did a basin mean? Anybody? The bow. You know what basin means? Bow, right? Bow. That's a basin, okay? This is what, the, this is what they said. And he told this dream to his father, Jacob. He told to who? Everybody. He told to who? His father, what was his father's name? Jacob. Jacob. That's very important. Because he told to his father Jacob. And his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that thou hast? Shall I? Who is that? His father Jacob. That's why I keep asking, do you understand me? Shall I? Who is that? His father Jacob. Shall I? And your brethren... I don't know what happened. I, I'm going to come on with me. Back, back up to the verse. And he said to his father and to his brother and to his father, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother? He's going to tell you what it means if you listen. I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come and bow down. Who was it? I, thy mother. And our brother. See, if you participate, you'll get it. Well, what the I? Mother? Brother. Now go, go on. He's going to tell you who it was. Shall I? That mother? That brother. Well, if you go back to the dream, what was the dream? Bag back to the birth I gave you first. Verse 7. You bag back to verse 7, you'll get me. Verse 7 said, Behold... I was buying the sheaves in the field. My sheaf arose, 
And also stood upright, and behold, your sheep stood about, about and made a basin to me. He's telling his brother. His brother said to him, Shall thy indeed reign over us? Well, who was that they talking to? Joseph. Think somebody know what I'm talking about in here. Joseph, you're going to reign over us? Now remember, this is prophecy, so who really going to reign over them? It's not hard, is it? It's all about Christ. It's so easy. And his brother said to him, Shall thy indeed reign over us, or shall thy indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed another dream and said, told it to his brother. Here's the dream. Behold, I dream or dream more. Behold, the son. Now, I gave you three people. Don't say that. No, that's the one see everybody caught on yet. I gave you three people. I gave you Jacob. I gave you the mother. And I gave you the brother. Now, here they are in order. Shall I, who is that? Ja- come on, come on, let's just say that. I, you write one down, I and Jacob. Just put them, I and Jacob. There you go. <laughs> Shall I, son, that means Jacob is the son, the moon, that's mother, that's Israel, and the stars, the 12 disciples, right? Or the 12 apostles. At that time, back here, it was 12 sons of Jacob. So when you watch the story of Joseph, which you got on your phone, free, or you pick your phone up and says, I want to watch Joseph today. And he'll show you the story of Joseph. And you'll see that they're bowed. Them 12 boys could not buy anything to survive them 11 boys until they went to Joseph, Jacob, I mean Joseph and bowed the knee. So when you get over here into Philippians chapter 2 every knee shall he's talking about them boys and every tongue had to confess that Joseph is Lord. So that's why that's not your salvation. Let's move on. Like I said, if you don't know what the word says, you believe in another doctrine, and that way you can't be saved. Let me show you once again. Let's go to Ephesians 1.13. See, people think they can be saved because they believe what they want to believe. Now, you, don't, you know that don't work to get in your house. I tell you what, I tell you what you do. Take this key. Let's take this one right here. Why don't you go put this in your car and drive home today? Now, you know what you would tell me? Oh, come on, Pastor. You know that key don't fit my car? Why don't you know which word worked for your life? You don't know which one of these words working I'm giving you for your life? Because there are three messages. All of them don't work for your life. Look at Ephesians 1.13. See, it sounds real foolish. When I first started preaching like this, I'm going like, Lord, it's going to sound foolish. He says, sound foolish, but he's going to deliver people from ignorance. Thank you, Lord. Watch what Paul said. In whom you also trusted, after you heard what? Well, I'm not giving you the word of truth today. What is my message today? 
I told you to write it down. That's why back there when I say this, they needed to be typing it out on the screen. So whoever buy this DVD will be able to see the manifested word of God. That's why I say it all the time. At least every 15 minutes. If I bought a DVD, every 15 minutes, I want to know what the message is. In case I forget. In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth. It did not say the word of faith. It did not say the message of faith. It did not say the spoken word. It did not say the manifested word. It said the word of truth, the revealed word. How do I know that's the revealed word? Because the word truth means revealed. If it's not truth, it's not revealed. Nothing you need to do to the revealed word but believe it. That's all you need to do to truth. You can't do nothing with truth but believe it. I did not say true. I say truth, which is two different words. All right? The word of truth. And look what that Bible, look what the Bible says again. It says the word of truth. Then he called the word of truth the gospel of your salvation. This is the only way you can say it. In whom also after you believe the word of truth, you will seal with the Holy Spirit of promise. Why so many people do not have the Holy Spirit, Pastor? Why? Because they have not believed the truth. Now that don't mean they don't believe Jesus. I believe Jesus. The devil believed Jesus. The Bible said the devil believed in God and trembled. Did the, devil, did the devil get saved? No, no truth in it. You cannot be saved until truth come in here. Why you think the devil is called the father of lies? There's no truth in him. You're not saved until you get the spirit of truth on the inside. Hope it help you. Now, I gotta go. I gotta back up because I want to show you. Because if you wasn't here, I don't want to. I, I gotta make sure you get this. I don't care how ignorant I sound; it doesn't make any difference. I want to make sure you get it because I showed you last week on the message of faith. Go back to Romans ten and eight out of the NLT. That's the first message, and I'm doing this because this message that I'm giving you and gave you last week. It's preached more than the gospel of Christ. You don't hear the gospel of Christ preached. Not many people know it. You got to be a student of the word of God to know it. Most people laugh at it. It's never been revealed to them. And I said before, if you're not willing to relieve religion tradition behind, you'll never know the word of truth. Let me say it again. If you are not willing to denounce religion and tradition of men, you will never know the word of truth. The Apostle Paul's testimony is that he had to count it all as dung that he may know Christ. And people are not willing to do that. They still think somebody over here, right? What's wrong with them over there? And some... Let me tell you something. 
If that was true, God is smart enough to not allow all these other churches. But God has to allow you to make a choice. All right, did I give you anything else we got going here? Romans 10 and 8, it said, in fact, out of the good, out of the, out of the NLT or the good news, either one, it says, in fact, it says, this is what the word of God says. The message is very close at hand. It's in your lips, in your heart, this message. Remember, it's already in your mouth, and already in your heart, this message. That's where you have to have this message at. You got to speak it and believe it before it happens. Let me say it again. This message you have to speak and you have to believe before it happens. That's what we thought we were. We're not there anymore. We have come to the next level. In fact, the message was very, is very close in your heart. In a, very close at hand is in your lips and in your heart. And that message is a very message about faith. Listen to what it says. It says the message about Faith. It's a message about. It's not the message of. See, I put that on my tape last week, and the Lord showed me. They said, that's not the message of faith. He said, son, read it again. It's the message about faith. The message that you have is not the message about faith. In fact, the message is very close at hand. It's in your lips, in your heart. That message is the very message about faith that we preach. A message about faith. I'm going to go back and show you. If you open... That's what the message said. If you open and declare that Jesus Lord... That's the first thing. Now I'm going to go to Matthew 16, 13. Remember I told you? Have you remembered that? I said, do you remember I'm going to Matthew 16, 13 through 7? After a while. Not now, but I'm, I'm setting you up. I'm trying to show you what the message of faith says. It says, if you openly declare or to confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, they had to believe that Jesus is Lord. Christ, Messiah, Son of God, Lord. They had to believe who he is. That's the same message. Let me say it again. It says, if you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, go back and put that back in King James for they, they understand King James. Already. Put that in King James. See, he's telling you you had to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That was the ministry I showed you over here that I'm going to show you Philippians chapter 2. That's why Israel had to confess that Joseph was Lord before they could be saved. See, if you watch Joseph, you took your phone and you put on, I want to watch Joseph today and God would have showed you Joseph. You know what I'm talking about today. I ain't watch no Joseph. You don't watch it now? Oh, you watch it now. Look at, look at somebody and say, watch Joseph. Joseph. You got it on your phone free? <laughs> but what says that? The word is nigh, even in your mouth, in your heart, the word of faith which we preach. If you 
If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, they had to confess that Joseph was Lord. Find it for me, baby. Find it for me. They all had to come and bow the knee to Joseph saying he's Lord. And they had to believe in their heart that God had raised Joseph from the dead. <laughs> See, Joseph was put in a, in a hole, left for dead. They, they all said, Joseph is dead. We haven't seen Joseph. There ain't no Joseph that hears his coat is. But when they met Joseph, they said, look, go tell your father. Joseph is alive. So if you go back and look at it, what they had to tell their father, what? Joseph is alive. They went back and said, Joseph is not dead. Joseph is alive, father. Joseph, my son, Joseph is alive. Hey, get my, get, woo, let's get my wagon, boy. Let's get out of here. We going to Egypt. Joseph is alive. They had to go back and declare to their father that their brother was not dead. Their brother was alive. And the old man Joseph said, Ooh, I can, I can stand up now. Breath came back in me. Life came back in me. Why? Because when you believe in the resurrection of his son, somebody say amen. Gave life to his bones again, brother. Revived him. If you confess with your mouth, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt shall be saved. Shall be, shall be, shall be. Not that you were, shall be saved. All right, that's what that says. Now, let's go, let's go to Philippians 2.5. So when people look at Philippians 2.5, they do not understand Philippians 2.5 is telling you the same thing. See, Israel knew what Paul was saying to them. Romans 10, 9 and 10, I just showed you. Now I'm going to show you the same thing in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robber to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him, watch this, the form of a slave. That's the word servant. He came in the flesh. He was made in likeness of men, came in the flesh, See, in the flesh, see, they had to believe Jesus Christ came in the flesh to be saved. And being found in fashion as a man in the flesh, he humbled himself, became obedient to death. See, he is in the flesh so he can die in the flesh, even the death of the cross. Even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him. God highly exalted him, giving him a name which is above every name. God has highly exalted Joseph. Joseph, your son, he is, he is Lord of all Egypt. That's what his father heard. At the name Jesus now, every knee shall bow. At the name Joseph, every knee had to bow. Do everybody understand what happened here? That was what's happened. Now you got the one I got in Genesis yet. You know, they came to Egypt. Joseph said, you got to bow the knee. They all bowed the knee. And then also before they could eat, everywhere Joseph went, everybody had to bow. That's Joseph. Genesis chapter 42, let's start verse 1. Go to Genesis 42. We're going to show you. I'll read a few verses to get the rest of you. Then I got to go to work. 
Man, I'm telling you, see, I, I'm doing your homework now. Because if you had read Genesis 47, I wouldn't have to read Genesis 47. You read Genesis 42, I would, I would have to do it already. We already, we already taught this in Bible class. <laughs> we got this on cassette tape, DVD, and all that stuff in the storehouse. You know, well, you ain't want, want that stuff. <laughs> I ain't got no time. That's why you don't know. Not that you're not getting the word. You got to study the word here. Now, when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, provision, that's corn. He saw there was corn in Egypt. Jacob said to his sons, why do you look one upon another? Don't sit there looking at one another. <laughs> he said, behold, I've heard that there's corn in Egypt. Get you down there and buy us from this that we may live and not die. Joseph's ten brothers went down to Egypt, corn in Egypt. Remember, it was 11, but they didn't let Benjamin go. Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brothers, for he said, let's preventure mischief befall him. But he's going to have to go before, they gonna, before Joseph is going to let them go, right? He got to see Benjamin. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among them that came for the famine in the land was in the land of Canaan. Nobody could survive. And Joseph was governor. I said Joseph was governor over the land. And it was that he that sold to all the people of the land. Nobody got nothing without Joseph. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him. They came and they bowed. Them brothers got down on their knee and bowed. Before they face it to the earth. They could not be taken care of unless they bowed their knee. Joseph saw his brothers and he knew them. He made himself strange to them, spoke roughly to them. He said to them, Which come ye? Where you coming from? They said, Well, we come out of the land of Canaan. We come to buy food for you spies. But he wouldn't hold a grudge. Jesus, Joseph knew his brothers, but they didn't know who he was. That's the same way when Jesus came. <laughs> Jesus knew them, but they didn't know him. Joseph remembered the dream, which he dreamed of them, and said to them, you are spies. You came to see the nakedness of the land. You kind of see that we don't have nothing here to eat, right? Verse, next verse, and they said to him, no, we come to buy. We come to buy food for your service. We come to buy. We know you got plenty over here, Joseph. We're not spies. We are all one man's son. We are true men of God. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. So, yeah, you sold me in the Egypt, your true self. <laughs> no, you come to see the nakedness of the land. You come to spy the land, didn't you? And they said, your servants are 12 brothers. I'm going to tell you this story. The son of one man in the land of Canaan. Behold, our youngest son this day is with our father, you know, Benjamin. And then verse number 14, we roll it now. And Joseph said to them, yeah, that what Joseph, you said, that is Joseph that I speak to you all saying you spy. That's why I told you spy. Hereby you shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go hence except I see your brother Benjamin. If you don't bring Benjamin, I'm not going to take him.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.